Hello, and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. I'm so glad that we can be together in this way, in God's presence, and starting our day together in prayer. I hope that the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you, leading and guiding you in this time together, and I would love to hear from you, learn how you've been blessed through this prayer time each day. If you have any questions, comments, or a story you would like to share, send me an email at pastorjim2006 at icloud.com. And now, we begin our prayer in silence. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Son of Righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. O come, let us worship and praise. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God and a great ruler above all gods. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. In your hands are the caverns of the earth. The heights of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For the Lord is our God. And we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hands. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many in various ways through the prophets. But in these last days, God has spoken to us by the Son. A reading from Ephesians chapter 2. It wasn't so long ago that you were mired in that old stagnant life of sin. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief and then exhaled disobedience. We all did. All of us, doing what we felt like doing, when we felt like doing it. All of us in the same boat. It's a wonder God didn't lose his temper and do away with the whole lot of us. Instead, immense in mercy and with an incredible love, he embraced us. He took our sin-dead lives and made us alive in Christ. He did all this on his own, with no help from us. Then he picked us up and set us down in the highest heaven, in company with Jesus, our Messiah. Now God has us where he wants us. With all the time in this world and the next to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus. Saving is all his idea and all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from start to finish. We don't play the major role. If we did, we'd probably go around bragging that we'd done the whole thing. No, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both the making and saving. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does, 
the good work he has gotten ready for us to do, work we had better be doing. But don't take any of this for granted. It was only yesterday that you were outsiders to God's ways, had no idea of any of this, didn't know the first thing about the way God works, hadn't the faintest idea of Christ. You knew nothing of that rich history of God's covenants and promises in Israel, hadn't a clue about what God was doing in the world at large. Now, because of Christ, dying that that death, shedding that blood, you who were once out of it altogether are in on everything. The Messiah has made things up between us so that that now we're together in this, both non-Jewish outsiders and Jewish insiders. He tore down the wall we used to keep each other at a distance. He repealed the law code that had become so clogged with fine print and footnotes that it hindered more than it helped. Then he started over. Instead of continuing with two groups of people separated by centuries of animosity and suspicion, he created a new kind of human being, a fresh start for everybody. Christ brought us together through his death on the cross. The cross got us to embrace, and that was the end of the hostility. Christ came and preached peace to you outsiders, and preached peace to us insiders. He treated us as equal, and so made us equals. Through him we both share the same spirit, and have equal access to the Father. That's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here, with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here and what he is building. He used the apostles and prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Where does God dwell? This isn't a question for idle speculation. It's not a question for theologians or philosophers. It's a question for ordinary people like you and me. At least, I hope it is. As I see it, to ask where it is that God is dwelling is also to inquire where we can find and meet God. Are there certain places God frequents that we can either find or avoid God's presence? When Jacob was on the run from his brother Esau, he had to stop to sleep for the night. As he slept that night, he saw a vision of angels, the angels of the Lord, ascending and descending between heaven and earth. When he woke up, He was in awe, and he called that place Bethel, which means God's house. He set up an altar of stones to remember the place. After Israel crossed the Red Sea, and they were finally free, they met God at Mount Sinai, and in that meeting God handed down instructions on how to build a tabernacle in the middle of their camp. It would be the place where the glory of God would dwell in the midst of God's people. Later on, King Solomon would build the temple, a tabernacle in a single permanent place in Jerusalem. It 
was to be the permanent residence of the Lord in the midst of God's people. At the time of the exile, however, when the Babylonians sack Jerusalem, tear down its walls, and burn the temple to the ground, Ezekiel sees a vision of the glory of the Lord leaving the temple. When Peter, James, and John went to the top of the mountain with Jesus, and he was transfigured, and Moses and Elijah appeared and talked to Jesus, Peter too believed they were in God's dwelling place. He wanted to build three tabernacles on top of the mountain. Later on, when Jesus symbolically destroys the second temple in Jerusalem by turning over the tables of the money changers and letting go of the the animals during the Holy Week, And he's asked by what authority he's done all this. Jesus responds by saying, tear down this temple and I will raise it up in three days. And we are told that he was referring to his body that will be crucified, die, and after three days rise again. And then this morning, we just heard St. Paul tell us, God is building a home. He's using us all in what he is building. He used the apostles and prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you, in, brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. Where does God live? See, it's not so sticky a problem as the philosophers would suppose. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus, dwells in the midst of Jesus' baptized people. We are what God made us to be, a holy temple built by God, a temple in which God is quite at home. Where does God live? Well, right here with us, gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, in living in Jesus' name. Amen. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Through your holy prophets you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us to show mercy to our forebears and to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. And you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way to give God's people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn bringing the glory of our risen Lord who makes every day new. Especially we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation. 
for the new creation in Christ and all gifts of healing and forgiveness, for the gift of relationship with others, for the communion of faith in your church. For what else are we thankful to God? Merciful God of might, renew this weary world. Heal the hurts of all your children and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. Especially we pray for those who govern the nations of the world, for the people in countries ravaged by strife or warfare, for all who work for peace and international harmony, for all who strive to save the earth from carelessness and destruction, for the Church of Jesus Christ in every land. For what else do we ask our Lord this morning? Almighty and everlasting God, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power, that we may not fall into sin nor be overcome in adversity. In all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Go forth into the world to serve God with gladness. Be of good courage. Hold fast to that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the afflicted, honor all people. Love and serve God, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God.